Well, I'm so excited that you're here to join me for Voice of Breakthrough, this podcast. Podcast. So we are going to hit some powerful topics every single week. We will be having a new podcast with a new topic. So get ready. I'm telling you, this is great to exercise to. This is powerful to uh, listen to when you're cleaning your house or cooking that dinner or cutting the grass, which you could turn up loud on your, you know, your, your little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. So if we don't learn what we need to learn in these little tiny uh, beginning of birth pains, you will never handle the big birth pains that are coming. Amen? You won't handle it. And pretended faith won't do it. Amen? Some of you are going to find out you got pretended faith. Who had pretended faith? Well, I can't get the virus, and you got it. Well, that was pretended faith because you got it. Can I hear an Amen? So then you don't just act like you didn't. You repent for having pretended faith and say, God, I want the real thing. I want the real thing. And, and let me, I'm just going to say this straight out. Tick people off. Let them watch it. I don't care. We do not believe in covering doctrine. We do not believe the prophets of today take the place of the Holy Spirit as they were the only voice in the old covenant. Amen? And it's the fear of the Lord for somebody else to not tell you what to do or not to do. Amen? So let me make this really clear. If you want to take a jab, people are calling it, and you want to take it in faith, you have every right to take it in faith. Amen? Nobody should be putting fear on you if you can take it in faith and you mean it. It's nowhere in the Bible that you can't take a vaccine. Amen. I just want to, I'm, oh, I'm tired. People got to quit spiritualizing things from their stance or their self righteous opinion. The truth is, if somebody lost, as a believer, just lost somebody to that C word, and there was even a little bit of hope that the jab would have helped, they would have rather risked taking the jab than being at that funeral right now which is what's happening for Jay Seculo's family. Who are we to tell somebody else not to do that? You don't know what Satan's planning. You don't know God's way of escape. You don't know. Do you understand what I'm saying? At the same time, you don't know who that jab's going to kill. So who are you to tell him to take it? Do you get what I'm saying? Who are you to tell somebody to take it or not take it? It's between them and God. And them researching and getting their own information. And anybody who's listening to the government right now is already in need of some deliverance. Amen? But anybody listening to pure conspiracy things is also in need of deliverance. Amen? I could do either one in perfect faith. Ho! And I'm not going to get in a war game with my brothers and sisters in the Lord that, oh, I can't take it or I'm not a good pastor. I'll do whatever God tells me to do. But whatever I do that he tells me to do, I'm doing it in faith. I'm not going to fight a battle that's not mine to fight. Amen? Because I, I learned a long time ago, I don't do things based on principle. 
I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. I'll do what he says, whether somebody else has the revelation he's given me or not. Amen? I'm exactly thrilled with the way we handled the first go-round. From church in our car to having extra meetings and prayer meetings, to having people watch online if they had anything contagious or whatever, I'm perfectly, perfectly, perfectly content. And I know Satan came to kill, steal, and destroy a few people, and he couldn't. And I'm glad that we know how to pray. Amen? We have got to get off of our self-righteous anything. And we've got to quit following man and listen to God. What is he saying? See, people don't know. And I'm not bragging like orange juice. So I've been through all this. I was in the state where I wanted everybody to be against my son taking steroids because I didn't want to go through it. I didn't want to go through a long thing for him to be healed. So I made it look so bad, as bad as you could make it look, so that anybody even thought of not coming in agreement with me against it would be doing something wrong. And I used fear to try to get people to pray the way I wanted them to pray. Well, then, when the doctor and my husband decided not to listen to me anymore because my son was getting closer and closer to not being here, and without my permission or approval, or, and I was, blind, I was blindsided by it, they put him on steroids. And y'all know the story, but I saw pretended faith. Amen? And I had to humble myself, and I had to go through the process, and I had to go to King's Daughters, and I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and it wasn't God who didn't have the power or wasn't the healer, but I didn't have the faith, and he was going to make me add to my faith perseverance. Whether somebody doesn't understand that or not, I don't care. I know what I know. Amen? And to hear thing after thing after thing after thing that was wrong with him, that was going to happen, how horrible this was. And to go to God thing after thing after thing after thing and learn how to fight and what to do. Guess what? We're in that right now for our nation, for the nations. And if we don't get out of pretended faith and listening to one person, I'm fine with whatever God gives anybody to say. I'm not fine with anybody thinking they have the whole picture. Do you understand what I'm saying? God is going to do what God is going to do no matter what you do. Until we don't know how many people have to seek his face, turn from their wicked ways, humble themselves before he heals this land. We know they've got to be Christians. How many know enough hasn't yet? How do you know? Because the land's not healed. But guess what? No weapon formed against me is going to prosper. Not because I know how to say that, because I know how to live that. Amen? And who am I to judge another man's servant? For to his master he can stand or he can fall. And God says, I'll make him stand. I'm going to agree with God. I agree all these prophets who are born again of the Spirit of God are going to stand. Amen? We are going to learn to persevere whether you like it or not. Because that's what perseverance means. Right, Deborah? <laughs> She's been persevering for years. Amen? We are adding, our church, for the most part, we are adding to our faith perseverance. Some churches are just getting to faith. I've already done it. I know how to do it. And I'm going to help you through it. Amen?
by connecting you to the headship of Jesus Christ. I can look around. A lot of you have been in persevering trials. How do you know you're persevering? Because he's changing you. You're, he's changing the way you think. You're repenting. You're seeing things different. And you're getting closer to him. Well, don't you want to get close to him? He has decided. He already knows when he's coming back. Or the father knows. The father knows when everything is yes, now go. Amen? Has anybody else noticed that everywhere you turn right now in the prophetic, those, those who are really jumping into the flow and they're, they're, they're not looking for everything to be finished tomorrow, but the ones who are jumping the flow. Has anyone noticed how much they're talking about Isaiah 61 and also Luke, what is it, 4, 14 through 18? Does anybody know that this church has been living those and taking every one of those things and we have hundreds and hundreds of hours of teaching for 20-some years? Why? Because God prepared us for such a time as this. And guess what? You cannot make it go faster. You can slow it down probably. Amen? He's going to do what he wants to do. What's God doing? He's putting the whole church in the fire. To bring forth a bride. And those who've been through trials and learned the ways of God and persevered and know how not to have fear and got rid of pretended faith, they're going to walk through this okay once they start walking. And the others are going to be shaking and learning and dying to self and wondering what's going on and crying and everything else. And that's okay because we got to help them through because God is going to do what he is going to do. He is corporately bringing forth a bride. Amen. He's corporately, corporately getting all eyes on him and off a man. He's corporately saying this is the season and time that Holy Spirit is going to begin to seriously perfect his bride. Amen. So we're going to count it joy. Don't you want to be close to God? Don't you want to be his bride? Don't you want to be more like him? Don't you want to be an overcomer? Don't you want to know it doesn't matter what government uh, is involved or whatever? It's about who God is. Amen. He's like, you've already been through all this in smaller ways or in some ways or bigger ways, bigger to me. Amen. So we're not going to look at what everybody else is doing. We're going to look at what God is telling us to do. Amen. And we are not going to join this uh, bandwagon of shaming people or making people think we know what they should do. You don't know. Come on, get the fear of the Lord. Do you want to stand before God and be responsible for somebody getting the vaccine or not getting it? Do you want to personally be responsible? I know one thing, I don't want anybody cursing it either way. Amen? How dare we curse something that over half the population has taken and more are probably going to, we should be like anybody else, pleading the blood of Christ over it, letting it, I, I hope it works great, it's not working great. But it would be great if it did. Amen? I'm not going to politicize what the devil wants to politicize to continue to keep us divided. I recommend you listen to information that's coming from real doctors that you can't tell what their political stance is. Amen? Amen? 
What I know that I know, and I won't say it here because we're on censorshipville. I know that I know we were having a prayer meeting at the beginning of all this. And some certain doctor and some certain organizations, one to which I had taken my son to before, plus a world organization that has to do with health, God showed us they were all part of something very evil. Amen? We weren't even thinking it. That's called a word of knowledge. We were right. So why would I listen to anything coming from somebody God showed me before we even knew what was going on is evil? I won't. So nobody needs to quote to me anything coming from those three specific places. Amen? But I'm not going to throw out real doctors who say this is why this could be really helpful and good. I'm not going to throw out what uh, the person who pushed for these with a heart to get our nation uh, united and moving forward and not being destroyed. Amen? Amen? But that person is not a doctor. I will listen to people like Rand Paul and other medical professionals. Amen? And I'm not going to listen to non-medical professionals who just have an opinion. Amen? I mean, everybody thought this wasn't real for the longest time. And now it's been proven that was purposely released, mixed to be a weapon. How many say the devil did that? Pretty good. And he keeps on trying. Amen? So we're going to get our eyes on Jesus. He's the author and finisher of my faith. And, you know, he could have, we could have been born in another country that would already be going through worse than we could see for years. And we still would belong to God. And he would still make all his promises, yes and amen. Amen. We would just have to have real faith, persevering faith. Amen. So if America needs real faith, persevering faith, then we're going to get it. Amen. So we're just going to enjoy it. I'm counting this joy. Yay! I'm excited. I can't wait to see all the filth out of our country. I can't wait to see all the fake mess in church shaken to the ground and gone in a true, true representation of the church of Jesus Christ revealed. Amen? And honestly, let's be real. It's probably going to take something like this for that to happen because God's goodness didn't bring it about. His great mercy didn't make us go there. Amen? Amen? He's going to have a falling away. So those people who don't want to be part of church, he knows who you are. He knows those who need to be healed to come back and be a part of the church. And he knows those who have no intentions of ever getting free from being independent and not submitted to God's ways of doing things. Amen? He knows it all. So tonight, I ask everybody, and you guys are here on Tuesday, and this is pretty heavy-duty stuff on Tuesdays, so I'm pretty sure you're about this. I want to get an A. I would say up to now, it was probably a B-. minus. There's been a few days when it might have been a C. But as of today, I'm getting an A on this test called Entering the End Times in the Good USA. Amen? Now, some of y'all look like you've got F's all over your faces. 
And I'm here to try to help encourage you and instruct you how to get up to a C. And eventually, hopefully, we'll get you to an A. Amen? And I know those who think they have an A and it's pretended faith, and we're going to help you get down to a C where you're really at so we can work you up to a real A. Amen. So I know that I know we're supposed to do unclean spirits tonight. Amen. And this is part of the Critters in the Garden series. So let's go to our Bibles. And I heard another prophet saying, anyone who didn't have a real Bible couldn't really be preaching the gospel or something crazy. I preach the gospel and I use my iPad eSword Bible. And it is, I've got eight Bibles in there, Strong's in there, uh, Webster. I love it. I can get to things fast and I'm not giving it up because self-righteous says God will not honor anybody. Lord, I am, these are real prophets. Thank you for them. Praise God for them. But we all need to get over ourselves. Amen. I'm so thankful that I am free from the fear of man and doing what man says. But I'm very teachable. I'm very humble. I'm very, Lord, I take this before you. I know that I know that I know God not only gave me one iPad with e-sword and dictionaries and everything else, I have two of them. Actually, I probably got four, but only two that work right because I run through them so much. Why would she have two? Because I wouldn't be able to stand if one broke. I couldn't stand it till the next one came in and refilled everything, especially if I'm overseas. Amen? So I'm just telling you, Lord have mercy. Amen? So let's quit telling anybody what to do, and let's just tell people what God does for us. But he's really hitting on this self-righteous thing. All right, so unclean spirits. And Lord, bless all these prophets. Thank you for all the good things they said and even some of the scary things they said. And Lord, help. I hope everybody learns to know when it's of God and when to let it go. And when it's of God and when to let it go. It's called Holy Spirit in you is your teacher. He's the discerner. And if something's like, eh, then unless they can show it to you in Scripture, let it go. Amen? Everyone sees in part. Every leader sees in part. Amen? What I tried to ask Holy Spirit to help me to do is find out which parts are really from him. And you won't find any, quote, what they call stream or tribe having the whole picture. Therefore, we should not be just looking at one stream or one tribe or one denomination, right? Because I'm only going to get part of the picture. We've got to humble ourselves and see what is he doing here? What is he doing there? What is he doing here? And you guys, you've got to mark September um, 11th and 12th. That is going to be two of our most fun meetings. Get ready. All right. Let me get in here. All right. So I'm going to give this to you. We didn't put it down. If you write, if you've got your notebooks, I'm not going to say these a million times. So get ready to write now. Okay. This is where unclean spirit is mentioned. Matthew 12:43. Mark 1.23, Mark 1.26, Mark 3.30, Mark 5.2, Mark 5.8, Mark 7.25, Mark 9.25, Luke 4.33, 
Luke 8:29, Luke 9:42, Luke 11:24. Okay, and foul spirit is the exact same word as unclean spirit, and you can find that in Mark 9:25. Okay. When you look at every place, and I just did a really quick look over, how did I do it? I went to my King James Version on my eSword that has all the concordance on there, and I, put, I, I typed in Spirit, and then every place, where, New Testament, New Covenant, Spirit, every place it came, I went down the row, and I wrote down whatever the corresponding Greek word was, I wrote all those down. I also looked to find out every single spirit in the King James Version, which is a very accurate version. And so I'm going to tell you the different spirits of the enemy. That These are the only spirits. You know how everybody says there's so many different spirits? They really don't have that many names in Scripture. I'm not against anybody using what they cause people to act like to describe it. Amen. But I thought, if we're going to do this, let's really do it biblically so it doesn't get confusing. Amen? Unclean spirit, for demonic spirits, unclean spirit is used the most. The word unclean means, and this is what it says for that definition in the concordance, impure, lewd, demonic, foul, and the word unclean. So basically, when you see the word unclean, its basically source is coming from the demonic realm. It's going to be going against the pure things of God. All right? Um, one time, it's called an unclean devil. So when we get around to it, we'll look up why did he call one devil and the other spirit. When you see the word spirit, it basically is talking about an invisible um, an invisible basically is invisible like breath so we know it's in the spirit realm so it does not have a natural body all right so when you see the word spirit it's basically of another realm that does not have its own flesh and blood body okay which means it's going to operate in the spirit realm. Which means it's going to try to get into your body. And it's going to try to get into uh, your, through the soulish realm, through the physical realm, and even the spiritual realm. All right? I'll tell you what the other few spirits are. There aren't that many. There's the spirit of infirmity in Luke 13, 11. Mark 9.17 has a dumb spirit. Oh, no. Mark 9.17, I think, might be unclean. I have to look that up. Luke 13.11 may also have dumb spirit in it. You know, we can look that up. It's either one of the two. But there's a dumb spirit. Then, in Acts 16.16, 16, we have the spirit of divination, which is also called the python spirit. In Acts 19.15, we have evil spirit. Acts 19.16, we have evil spirit. Romans 8.15, the spirit of bondage to fear. So there's a spirit of bondage. 
Romans 11.8, a spirit of slumber. 1 Corinthians 2.12, the spirit of this world. 1 Corinthians 4.21, the spirit of meekness. Now that's a good thing. I'm not going to get all those. There's also, good, there's spirit of meekness in a couple of scriptures. We won't do all those now. Um, 2 Corinthians 11.4, it's called another spirit. It's a false gospel. 2 Timothy 1.7, a lot of y'all know that one. Spirit of fear. That's 2 Timothy 1.7. The spirit of the Antichrist is in 1 John 4.3. And then there's the spirit of truth or the spirit of error, 1 John 4.6. Right, and then Revelation 18, talk, 2 talks about devils and the foul spirit. All right, there's also good spirits, but we're going to talk about those. Isn't that kind of cool that that's all there is? That's all there is. And there may be some others that are named a little different and have the word spirit in them, and I wouldn't have picked that up the way I studied this. But I say that because sometimes it gets overwhelming how many different spirits there are, right? So a spirit is an invisible being. It's an invisible being, and the ones that talks about in Scripture, the evil ones or the, the, the ones from the demonic realm, try to attack the believers, or unbelievers. They try to attack humans. They attack human beings. Amen? And a door has to open for them to get in. They can come through generational curses. They can come through the transference of spirits. Even have someone lay hands on you, especially being intimate with someone. And whatever mess they had, you get. That's one reason he says, don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Amen? See, everything God tells us not to do is to protect us and to make our lives easier. It's not because he's just a hard rule follower. He's like, wouldn't it be really nice if you just uh, dated people that you could be equally yoked with so you don't have to deal with all their mess? Amen. And I know when you don't, he says, stay in that situation. He'll give you grace. But you're going to go down a different path. Amen. That doesn't mean you resent who you married if you didn't listen to that or some of you weren't believers when you got married he's very clear stay in those situations but do you understand he wants this easy on us amen he wants all this easy on us so the first thing is to repent for blaming him just repent for blaming him and let's learn his ways let's learn the ways of our lord amen all right so so let's look at a few of these um, unclean spirit ones. Okay, so remember, an unclean spirit is something that's coming out of the demonic realm. It's against the ways of God. It's going to push impurity instead of purity, lewdness instead of holiness. Amen. You see what I'm saying? It's going to push darkness into every area that God wants you to operate in light. Amen. It's going to bring darkness into, it wants to get darkness in what you look at. Darkness into what you hear. Darkness into what you think. Amen? It's Satan's way of what? Making us into his likeness. So we can say Satan is very unclean. Amen? So, so get rid of the idea this is only about sexual sin. Sexual sin is a big part of unclean spirits. But so is... Um, being rebellious. So is being independent. Anything where the enemy really has his hand on it 
to go against the ways of God in your life, to bring darkness into your life, think of that as an unclean spirit. Amen? Because if you look at these other spirits, there aren't that many of them. Spirit of infirmity is straight out sickness. A dumb spirit is someone who cannot, the enemy's made it so they can't hear or speak. Spirit of divination is witchcraft. And then an evil spirit, which we'll look up what the evil means, but we know that's a spirit that's not of God. Amen? Then there's a spirit of bondage to fear. Okay, so that's not necessarily unclean. It's just a spirit whose job is to put you in bondage by making you fearful. Okay? Spirit of slumber. It's just a spirit that's going to come along to try to keep you from being active, seeking God, keep you tired. The spirit of this world is what we're all fighting now. Amen? It's, the, it's something trying to make you see things a different way. Um, then there's a spirit that teaches a false gospel. The spirit of fear. The spirit of antichrist. Spirit of error. All right. So do you see what I'm saying? There's not that many, right? The one that is talked about the most is unclean spirit. Now, how many before this thought unclean spirit was sexual sin? For the most part. Okay. So, so we're getting rid of that understanding we're recognizing, yes, sexual sin is under unclean spirit. Homosexuality is under unclean spirit. So is fornication. So is adultery. So is anything that has to do with darkness in the area of something. Amen? Okay? And what is it going to say? That's unclean. Stay away from it. Think about it. When, when somebody had leprosy in the Old Covenant, they weren't allowed to get near them. It was contagious. And, and it was, it, it would catch on to other people. And so until they got healed, they weren't allowed to be around everyone else. And they were called, they had to say they were unclean, right? They had to say they were unclean. So I want you to see this. When we see the word unclean, get this big picture. Stay away from this. Now I'm not talking about people that come for healing. I'm talking about you personally getting involved with that which is unclean. So how many of you know a lot of the music, a lot of the TV, a lot of the gaming, a lot of the things in school, a lot of the things the politicians are pushing? These are unclean. Do you get what I'm saying? So you only go into where there's unclean, led by the Lord, just like Jesus Christ. He knew Satan had nothing in him, so he could go right into where there were unclean spirits and he could cast them out. Now, this ought to make us realize the reason the church is not as powerful as she should be is she doesn't even understand what unclean spirits are. Therefore, she's trying to cast unclean spirits out, and she has unclean spirits. Even though they may not be the same unclean spirits she's trying to cast out. How many realize, I want to get free from all unclean spirits? Amen? I want everything that God says is unclean that doesn't belong in you, I want it out. Amen? Everything that God says that's unclean, I don't want you watching it. I don't want you being a part of it. I don't want you being a part of this. It's all to keep us holy because he's holy. Amen? It's all to keep the evil out. It's all to keep us in such fellowship with him. Amen? And so, Lord, just help us to get there. Okay, this isn't something, there'd be so many of these, right? You couldn't do this except led by the Holy Spirit. 
And he doesn't want you to spend all your time thinking, what do I have to get rid of? He wants you to spend all your time with him and his spirit will show you what to get rid of. Amen? So get the picture right. I, hmm. He's going to get the unclean stuff out because when I hang around with him and I see what he really is like and what holy is really like, I don't want the unclean stuff. Remember in Isaiah, he came in the presence of God. He goes, I'm a man of unclean lips. Right? Well, I don't think Isaiah was, um, you know, cursing all the time or in a pornography or any of that kind of stuff. He just got into such a presence of God. He knew, I don't, everything I speak is not holy. Things that I'm saying, and, and he came in that presence of God. Let me say this, and I just believe this. People who are saying they're having encounters, but they're not being changed and running away from those, those unclean things coming out, something's wrong with that encounter. And people who are saying they're having encounters and they come out of it changing who God is and the holiness of God, those are not real encounters. Those are unclean encounters. They're, de they're deceptive. Amen? And that's everywhere. They're just being deceived. Deception's an unclean spirit, right? So, so the heart issue is, do you want to be holy because God is holy? I do. I want to be holy because he's holy. I don't want to be holy just so devils have no authority in my life, though that's a pretty good benefit, amen? I want to be holy because my God is holy. I was created in the image of a holy God to be holy, without evil. We were created to not have spot and blemishes. Amen? That's, the, that's how God sees us. That's how we'll be when we get to heaven. Amen? That's how we're being perfected now. Amen? All right. So, let's we'll look at a few of these. Is this helping anybody? All right. This is when I teach a little thorough because I want you to really get this. I don't have to preach it again. I'll just tell you where to go. All right, so let's go to Matthew 12, 43. And I'm going to get into a different translation just for this. All right, so let's go to Matthew 12. Let's see what he's talking about here. How many get that God keeps showing us self-righteousness really big right now? He wants us free from this. The church has got to get free from self-righteousness. Every time it's not Holy Spirit leading and we're doing it as a, it's a religious activity, right? At that time on the Sabbath, Jesus went through the grain fields and his disciples were hungry and began to pluck the heads of grain and to eat. Seeing the Pharisees, every time you see Pharisee, immediately think a self-righteous leader. I'm in Matthew 12, 1. I never start right. I've got to read what it's about. Amen. I go, let me teach you something else. Don't just grab out a scripture here and there. Go read what the whole thing is about. Amen. It takes some time, but I'm showing you how to find it and then read what it's about. Ask Holy Spirit to show you. What are you showing us, Holy Spirit? What do you want me to see in this? Amen. And who knows? He wants us to see self-righteousness. The church has got to get free from self-righteousness. Self-righteousness, I, I ask God, please set me free from this. Remember when my arm thing hurt? And, um, and a big part of that is self-righteousness. Who am I to judge? I'm not judging these prophets. I'm praying for them that they will get set free from anything of self-righteousness. I, I, I see we're all in this together. Amen? One 
thing of every Christian in the world right now. We're all in the 2020 mess together. Amen? Even though it's 2021, and it looks like it's going to go right into 2022 now, doesn't it? Amen? We have all, the entire Christian body, has stepped into the same new season at the same time. How amazing is that? The baby Christians, the been-there-a-long-time Christians, the born-again Christians, that, well, we're all should be born again if you're really Christian. But you see, all of a sudden, everybody who calls himself a Christian has stepped in, your children, we've all stepped into the same season at the same time. Does everybody get that? We are never going back. Does everybody get that? I, I just see it like, we're in a new season. It's taken us a year to even figure out we're in a new season, and this just isn't something kind of happening shortly. Amen? We are in a new season. Bring both feet in. You're in a new season. It's called the end times. The last days. But we want to jump completely into this new season. Amen? We're in. I'm going to count this new season joy. Most of the teachers, prophetic voices, and those who aren't in pretended faith and those who are seeing, almost all of them are saying we're in, we're in the times of sorrow. Which is kind of funny, isn't it? That we're all getting this great revelation when we just had three women close to the hearts of this ministry who went through labor in the, the last few days. They could probably all tell you when you get down to the push, it gets pretty rough. And they don't get less and less. They get more intense and more intense. Okay, everybody get a hold of this. It's going to get more intense and more intense. It doesn't matter who uh, or how God does it. It doesn't matter how the prayers fall. If we get a certain person back in position that he should be in, it's not going to make it less intense. Amen? Does everybody get that? We're in a season of intensity. Now, I pray God puts this other person back in office who belongs there because then we'll feel like at least God can be uh, helping clean up our government. Amen? But no matter what, we're, we've entered a time of intensity and possibly the reason things aren't happening as fast as we want is because it's got to get really intense and nobody's going to be able to clean it up as fast as if it didn't happen. Amen? That's where we are. That's where we are. Come on, smiles, count of joy. Ooh, yay, this is so exciting. Let's see how we get through this. Yes! You're going to come through it leaning on your beloved. Amen? No fear. Free. All right. All right, so here he is. Seeing the Pharisees said to him, Behold, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. But the Lord said to them, Have you not read what David did when he and those with him were hungry? They entered into the house of God. They ate the loaves of the presentation, which it was not lawful for them to eat, nor for those with him, but for the priests only. Have you not read in the law that on the Sabbaths the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are guiltless? But I say to you, one greater than the temple is here. But if you had known what this is, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would have not condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is also the Lord of Sabbath. Jesus was bold. He knew who he was. He knew the authority he had. He still walked in great love. And he's telling the religious leaders and recognized leaders of that day, 
you guys are self-righteous. You know that David did worse than walking through a field eating some wheat. You know, you know these things happened. What you don't know is he's saying, I am greater than the temple. He said, I am greater than the temple. I just want you to see this. For the Son of Man is also the Lord of the Sabbath. Then he went on from there, okay? He sees a man with a withered hand, and they ask him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? They want to accuse him. He says to them, What man of you, if you had one sheep and he fell into a pit on the Sabbath, would not lay hold of it and raise it up? In other words, you know if you had a sheep, because it's worth a lot of money, you're going to look around, make sure nobody's looking, you're going to pull that sheep up because it's valuable to you. How much more does a man excel than a sheep? So that is lawful to do well on the Sabbath. Then he said, stretch out your hand. And he stretched out it and, then, and it was restored sound as the other. All right. As soon as they saw this miracle, self-righteousness started to figure out how to destroy him. How many of you say we have to get self-righteousness out of our hearts? And, and I was one of the worst, okay? Um, when Paul says, I was the worst of the worst. I was really one of the worst. Well, I'd never do that, or I'd do this like this. You know what? It is self-righteous, seriously, the antagonism that's going on between believers right now. It's self-righteous. Amen? Well, if you really believed, you wouldn't do that. Well, if you really, who are you to say if I really believed? Who are you to say what God's showing me? Unless it's blatant sin. Amen? And Paul, God, God's even talking about here things that were written in their laws not to do. But why would God say to them the things written in their own laws were okay to do in certain situations? Do you want to know why? Because God looks at the heart. If someone's starving to death, he would rather they eat than not than not. Eat on the Sabbath. If somebody is, is sick and dying, he would rather they get healed. Because why? The whole idea of not working on the Sabbath has to do with putting that, si that time aside to just completely live for God, glorify God, worship God, do things that don't require work to honor God. Do you see what I'm saying? It's not about letting people starve to death or die or whatever. So, so they took something pure in the heart of God and they twisted it into self-righteousness. Does everybody get that? Okay. Boy, is this not happening right now in the body of Christ? Well, these prophets said that these, who, I, mm, you each have part. Let me see what part. Lord, I don't, I don't, be critical. I don't want to be critical. I don't want to be judgmental. I'm also not going to bow my knee to somebody's self-righteous preaching or teaching if I don't feel the anointing on it, but I'm not going to throw out what is anointed. Amen? Now, God could have somebody preach somewhat of that because somebody hearing it shouldn't, shouldn't, uh, should listen to what they're saying for their own safety. Amen? If God's like, you better listen to this, then guess what? You better listen to that. Do you understand what I'm saying? But that doesn't mean everybody better listen to that. It's not in the word. Do you understand what I'm saying? So I'm not saying they're not supposed to say it. Maybe they are supposed to say it. And maybe they're thinking it's for everybody. That's between them and God. But I know he didn't say it for me. But do you understand? It begins to put in fear and condemnation and oh no. Amen? 
I, I got to say too, nobody should tell people what to repent for if it's not in God's word that you send. Amen? Did y'all get that? Holy Spirit is the one who convicts me of sin. Holy Spirit is the one who orders my steps. Now, Holy Spirit could order my steps by having me watch a particular broadcast and hear what they say to give me confirmation of what he's been putting on my heart for me. Amen? And so, so that's fine. If that's really, if you look at Romans 14, it says, if it's sin for you to do it and you can't do it in faith, then it's sin. It's talking about eating different kinds of food. Well, truthfully, if you, if you do anything thinking it's against God's will and you can't do it in faith, it is sin. Guess what that means? For some people, it is sin. Amen? But it's not like it's sin for everybody. Some people could do it, and they're not even thinking about that. They don't feel conviction. Right? They're not going back and forth with it and, you know, because of Holy Spirit conviction. Amen? Amen? Once again, get free from because it's based on the principle. The Lord set me free from that a long time ago. That's self-righteousness. Paul was warned, don't do this, don't do that. He did it anyway. He was warned by real prophets because he wasn't afraid to die. He knew what God called him to, and he was going to do it no matter what the cost. Amen? See, don't you want to be like, don't you want to get to a place where you're following the lead of Holy Spirit? That's when people say, what do you think I should do? Sometimes I really think pretty strong what I think you should do, but I really go out of my way not to tell you. I may drop hints a little, but it's not up to me. Amen? The Bible doesn't say the steps of the righteous are ordered by your pastor, by a prophet, by a teacher, by an evangelist. Can I get an amen? amen? Because under covering doctrine, that's not taught like that. Amen? The steps of the righteous man are ordered by the Lord, who can use your pastor, a teacher, an evangelist. He can use whatever he wants to confirm what he's put in your heart to do. God wants his place back in his church. That covering doctrine that came up with Catholicism that brought the dark ages. It's got to be destroyed or we're going back into the dark ages. And most of the church hasn't even awakened yet to the idea that this is not about what the prophets are saying. This is about what God is saying and he uses different people and some of them are in the prophetic calling. Amen? We get to get free from the whole covering idea, whether we think we believe in or not. You believe in covering when you actually think God wants people to do what you say instead of God wants people to hear him for themselves and he can use you to help to connect them to his headship and to help guide them to how they know if they're hearing or not. Amen? How many know this is still a major issue in the church? which is causing all this crazies as far as in the church. All right. He goes on. All right. So we see he's really, really, um, I love this part. I want to get to this one day. Here they are, Matthew 12, 14. They're now talking about how they're going to destroy him. But knowing, listen to this, I love this. But Jesus, knowing, withdrew from there, and great crowds followed him, and he healed them all. 
What did Jesus do? He heals the man. The religious, self-righteous people start saying why God wouldn't do that. Not on the Sabbath. That can't be God. This man can't be of God. How dare he do that? Jesus doesn't argue with them. He doesn't get into debate with them. He just walks away. Crowds follow him. And what does he do? Is he intimidated by their threats? Is he intimidated by their planning to destroy him? No, he heals everybody. He heals everybody. I want to get to the place where I so walk so close to God and the spirit is so strong in my life that if somebody's arguing with me and, and trying to destroy me, I can just walk away from it. I don't have to get in my arguments or argumentative. Or, um, and then people follow me because they see how close I am to God. Amen. And I'm pointing to the father and I'm pointing to Jesus and they all get healed. The church has a way to go. Amen? The church has a way to go. And we've got to give it a self-righteousness because whew, people who buy into covering doctrine, especially those who preach it, teach it, and, and want you to come under it, are extremely self-righteous. And that's almost all the leaders in the body of Christ, even if it's unintentional. Amen? Most of it's unintentional. All right. All right. <laughs> he healed them all and warned them that they should not make him manifest. In other words, don't tell everybody. Why does he do that? Because he's not healing them to start a debate. He's not healing them for people to take sides. He's only healing them because he loves them and he's full of God's love and he is God and he wants to heal people. He's not doing it to make a point. He's not doing it to write a book. Well, he wrote a book, amen. He is the book. But do you get what I'm saying? He had no other motive except to heal them. God, heal us. Give us pure motives, not unclean motives. Give us pure motives, amen? Pure motives. I feel the presence of God. And even tell him, hey, don't make a big deal about this. Don't even tell anybody. So that might be fulfilled, spoken through Isaiah the prophet, saying, Behold, my child whom I chose, my beloved, and whom my soul has delighted, I will put my spirit on him, and he will declare judgment to the nations. He will not strive nor cry out, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. Ooh. Wow, get this a minute. Jesus is bringing judgment on the nations, which was going to happen at the cross. He wasn't going to do it through screaming and yelling at people on the streets. I think he's talking to me. Amen? Lord, what do you want me to do and why do you want me to do it? You don't have to tell me why. What do you want me to do? Could you make my heart agree with yours so I know why I'm doing this? Lord, stop me from doing anything you don't want me to do. Do, do you see... Two people, one person could just be, I don't want anybody to be upset with me. So this is great. I'll just, I won't ever, ever strive with people in the streets. Right? That's what Jesus did. And then somebody else is like, oh, this is so wrong. And God's like, yeah, but this isn't your battle. Jesus knew what his battle was. He knew his battle was coming up. And he would not be drawn into a battle that wasn't his. 
don't judge somebody else's battle. I'm thankful people are drawn into this battle in a very loud way. Amen? For our nation, right? Some of you are like, oh, good, I don't have to say. I would say something. I almost can't help myself. But I only want it to be when he wants me to say it. I don't want a heart that has to fight, that has to say it. I really believe we'll be okay even if the Antichrist was sitting on the throne over our nation right now. Amen? Because I'm in a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Paul says to die is gain, to live is Christ. If I live, let me live it for you, God. And boy, I can't wait to die. No, I don't want to get away to die. No, I can't wait to be with you, God. I can't wait to be with you face to face all the time. But hey, while I'm down here in this earth suit, let's just do what you want. Amen? How many know that's where, we're, he, that's where he's taking the church to? All over the nations, all over the world. Afghanistan's getting to it really fast. Just pray for them. I'm praying grace, the kind of grace that Stephen had. The grace, Lord, if you intervene and stop this, praise God. But Lord, for those who, where that doesn't happen, thank you for the grace to glorify you even in the midst of whatever's happening. His grace is sufficient, amen? People didn't go back and say, oh, Stephen didn't have any faith. How was he able? Some, some people's doctrine today would say, well, Stephen just didn't have any faith. There they stoned him to death. If he had more faith, he had to know how to bound that thing. God has a special reward for martyrs. He has a special crown for them, which means there's going to be some. But if you look at Stephen, if I was in a situation where I might be martyred or put in jail, what do I need to do? Pretend that can't happen? Or do I go read how it happened to Paul, to Silas, to Peter? Who was the one that died there um, right before Peter went? We know John the, John the Baptist, but there was one other one. Wasn't there one? Could they, they, huh? James, yeah. Okay, so why don't we get in the real gospel? Why don't we get out of the American pretend nothing can be bad gospel? And let's get into the real gospel where we're prepared with the revelation for God to get us to a place where to die is gain, to live is Christ. Okay. If the bride has to get to the revelation, to die is gain, to live is Christ, how many would say, we're not there yet? Amen? But I guarantee you, if you're in another nation where your life has been hell, you're probably excited. The, when you saw some of the articles coming from the churches, they were saying, we think a lot of us are going to see Jesus face to face this week. They're probably having a party, some of them. Getting above the field. Wow, we're going to really see him. We're going we're gonna to die as martyrs for Jesus Christ. We're going to get that special crown. And if that was your situation, what should you be asking for? Grace. Grace is supernatural. Till you need it and knew how to call on it, you won't understand it. You know, one of the things Rubabel had to bring back to the church is grace, grace. 
he had an understanding of grace that the church needed. When God had it prophesied over my life by somebody I didn't even know who came all the way from Alaska, went all the way across a room of over a thousand people to say, God told me to tell you you're Zerubbabel. And when I went to look up Zerubbabel, which by the way, the name Zerubbabel means one who brings people out of confusion. And he's from a place that says by asking God. How many want to come out of confusion and learn how to ask God? Amen. Don't you feel the presence of God? He's not going to make it so we don't go through this. Can everybody get it by now? We're going through this. Amen. Amen. Well, have you given up? I don't. Mm. I know who he showed us won the election, won the election. Amen. What happens and how the people respond and what happens next, we'll find out. I'm not positive that's settled because I don't know if enough people have humbled themselves, turned from their wicked ways and prayed so God could heal the land. I haven't heard much of that. Amen. But I'm not in charge of that. He says it will happen. How many years will it take? What will we have to persevere through? Amen? Amen? But here's the thing. God's not a man that he can lie. He's going to do what he's going to do. He's going to perfect us. If that bothers you, then you are too much in this world system and you can be shaken. And the main reason you haven't gone through anything yet to find out how great his grace is. Amen? I'm not both. I sang at my daughter's funeral by grace. I looked at her body put back together where her head was completely destroyed by a tree branch. And they put it back. It didn't even look like her. It looked like her maybe at the age of 15 instead of 7. They put, they put um, like a lace thing over it. Laurie was there, right? They put a lace thing over it because they said if anybody even touches her, it could all fall apart. I prayed for almost everybody there. I got so drunk in the Holy Spirit, everybody thought I was on something. And I walked outside with my in-laws who were not saved yet behind me. And I looked up to the stars, and I was so full of joy. I said out loud, God, I am so full of joy. I was about to burst with joy. Do you know why? Because he gave me grace. Supernatural, can't explain it. You'll never understand it, but it's there when we need it. And right now, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that all the people in Afghanistan who has already got their numbers written, their names in a book of life, and they are going to go as martyrs. Oh, I pray in the name of Jesus that that grace saturates them, that the joy of Lord overtakes them, and Lord God, that they will glorify you, and the spirit of fear loses all its power in Jesus' name. Whoa. Do you think you can understand that kind of grace? No. You just have to believe it's there. Well, where's it in the Bible? Look at them stoning Stephen. Right? He had that kind of grace. 
Jesus had that kind of grace on the cross. So I'm not going to live in fear. I'm going to recognize there's grace sufficient. There's grace sufficient for whatever I'm going to go through. And we're going to learn to call on God for grace. Amen. In every situation. And we're going to receive it. Amen. We're going to receive grace. Amen. A bruised reed he will not break and smoking flags he will not quench until he brings forth judgment all the way to victory. And the nations will hope in his name. Okay, now we're getting to the part. Then one having been demon-possessed was brought to him, blind and dumb. And he healed him so that the blind and dumb one could both speak and see. And all the crowds were amazed and said, Is this not the son of David? But hearing the Pharisees said, The one does not cast out demons except by Beelzebub, ruler of the demons. That was blasphemy, by the way. Okay, that person just blasphemed. Whoever said that just blasphemed. The unforgivable sin. They knew better, and yet they said it was the devil doing it. Don't do that. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, he said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to ruin. All right, does everybody see a spiritual law here? Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to ruin. The devil is using that spiritual law to destroy this nation. So we cannot be part of that division. God's going to get that completely out of my heart. We've got to begin to be part of real divine reconciliation. So Lord, help me. Help me get free from just wanting to smack everybody into knowing, can't you see how bad and stupid your decision was? First of all, does everybody know the real person won over 80 million votes? It didn't matter if five people, (laughs) it didn't matter. Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy, and he was able to. But God comes to bring life and bring it abundant, amen? Amen. So he's going to exchange what was stolen for an abundant life in this nation if we let him. Amen? But we can't do it, divide it. So we need to begin to be a ministers of reconciliation. We need to begin to intercede and pray for those whose eyes aren't open. Amen? We need to begin to pray and intercede that we don't have this gigantic split in our nation, but that somehow by God's outpouring of his spirit and his mercy and his grace, amen, that there will come a unifying of this nation. Amen? Amen? All right. Listen to this now. Think about this in your own homes. Think about this in churches. Think about this everywhere. This is spiritual law. Every city or house divided against itself will not stand. So you need to sit there and ask the Lord, show me if there's division in my home. Show me my part in it. Help me get free. Help me quit being self-righteous. Help me quit blaming the Lord. Help me see what I need to see to pray against this spirit of division. How many know you're looking at the reason for divorce? Right? You're looking at the reason for divorce. It says, every house divided against itself will not stand. If Satan can come in and cause the wife and husband and to cause the children to take sides to be divided against that family unit, he's going to bring it to ruins. Amen? So you have to get before, Lord, how do I stop this assignment? What's going on? Get me free. Help me to see this. Amen? 
If Satan throws out Satan, he is divided against himself. Then how can his kingdom stand? And if I throw out the demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Because of this, they shall be your judges. Whew. Wouldn't you love to? I can't wait to see the reruns in heaven of some of this. You know, where Jesus is talking to these leaders of leaders, amen? And just not angry, just talking, just really letting them have it. Like, okay, I'll let those. <laughs> um, but who, your sons who've cast out demons, they're going to be your judges. Wait till you stand before my judgment seat and you see who I really am. I'm going to call those people up and they're going to judge you. Judgment day is going to be something. Remember, day's like a thousand years, so it's going to be a long, long day. Amen. He goes on, how is anyone able to enter the house of a strong one and plunder his goods? Okay, listen to this. Don't just look for the unclean part. We're, li- we're doing deliverance. Amen. God bringing us to scriptures to really help us get to the understanding of deliverance. Amen. How to have wholeness, not to have division. How is anyone able to enter the house of the strong one and plunder his goods? If he does not first bind the strong one, and then he will plunder his house. How is anyone, how is anyone able to enter the house of the strong one and plunder his goods? If he does not first bind the strong one, and then he will plunder the house. There's two ways to look at this. Let me, let me look in this one other translation. Would one dare enter the house of a mighty man and steal his property? First, he must be overpowered and tied up by one who is stronger than he. Then his entire house can be plundered and every possession stolen. Let's see something. You know, I just saw this another way for the first time. This is talking about how can the devil come into your house if you're strong and take your goods? He'd first have to bind you somehow before he can steal from your house. I've always heard it the way I just read the other uh, translation. Let me, let me see what the, that's the literal. Let's go see what the King James says. How, how else can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he first bind the strong man, and then he shall spoil his goods? This is kind of the opposite of what we've heard taught. I mean, I think it could go both ways. But it's basically saying, look, the enemy cannot come into your house if you're strong in Christ and take your stuff unless he's able to bind you up first. And then he can take your stuff, destroy your house. Amen? Now, the other way to look at that is the way it's always taught, but this is the way it's actually worded, right? I would say the other way is true also, though. So here's the bottom line. He says, If I drive out demons by the Holy Spirit, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. How can... This is, this is in the... Jewish translation. How can one enter a strong man's house and carry off his property unless he first ties up the strong man? Then he will thoroughly plunder the house. Okay. One way you could look at this, he's saying the Holy Spirit is going to come in and he's going to bind up or tie up the strong man that has people held captive, that he thinks he owns, he has rights to. And once that strong man who thinks he has rights to that person is bound, then the Holy Spirit can go in and destroy that house. The other way to look at that, the way it's really worded is, Satan cannot come into your house if you're strong in God 
unless he has a way to bind you. Right? So the main thing we see here in this principle on deliverance is um, if we want the enemy out of our lives, two ways. If I don't want the enemy to have access to my life, I need to be strong in Christ and leave no place for Satan to bind me up. No place for Satan to put chains on me. Right? The other way to see this is, okay, if the enemy has taken ownership in my house, in my body, then I need one stronger than him to come in, bind him up, and then take back what actually belongs to God. Amen? So it works either way. He goes on, he says, He who is not with me is against me, and who does not gather with me scatters. For this reason I say to you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven man, but blasphemy against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. Whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven in this age or the age to come. Now, if you knew that was a spiritual law, and you were the devil, what would you try to get people to do? See, that's why if somebody says, well, do you think this is God? I don't touch it unless God tells me to, and I can discern it, and I know beyond a shadow of a doubt. Amen? People say, well, do you think the gold dust is of God? The one, two meetings that I was in with gold dust were not from God. He showed me they were not from him. He told me the consequences of what was going to happen to the people operated in them, and it happened. But I have never seen the other gold dust at the other places, so I don't know. Three places I saw it, and it wasn't. And the Lord showed me what to do, and everything I did happen. And those people um, who played with all that, it wasn't good for them. But I don't know about other places, right? Because I'm not there to discern it, to see the fruit of it, to see what's happening and going on. Amen? So don't blaspheme the Holy Spirit. That's why I kind of kind of get a little bit edgy when guest speakers come and they kind of make fun of how we shake or something. It's like, don't touch what's holy. You might not understand it. You might not have the same uh, manifestation. But why do you touch it? I don't make myself shake like that. How crazy would that be? Plus, God could shake me so hard, I couldn't make myself shake like that if I tried. It's, an, it's, a, it's a prophetic sign. He's going to shake everything. That can be shaken. Amen? Whoa, and he's going to. It's just it's a, what, he's, what he's done. Amen? But you don't want any of this stuff that's not of him. Amen? You want to get rid of that. That's why when people say, why don't you just say if it's him or not? I can't till I see the fruit. I can't. I'm not going to blaspheme the Holy Spirit. Period. By God's grace, I'm not, I would rather not touch it, but I don't want to see people with the python spirit go off in bondage and everything, amen? I've got to see. He's got to show me. It's almost like the Holy Spirit has to get there and go, you've got to say something about this. I'm sure that was probably why uh, Paul let the girl with the spirit, the python spirit follow him around for a few days. It probably was bothering him. It was vexing him. He said so. But finally, he knew, I've got to do something about this. And that spirit was so strong on her that it ended up getting him in prison, but then God came and gave him a great rescue. Amen? How many know if you read the real Bible and the real scriptures, it's an adventure we're on, people. 
Amen. Let's get ready for the adventure. And to quit hanging on to stuff and let's just get ready for the adventure. All right. He goes on. He says, um, whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. Whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven in this age or the one to come. Either make the tree good and its fruit good or make it rotten and its fruit rotten. For the tree is known by its fruit. What God is saying there, keep watching and looking until you know, is this good fruit or rotten fruit? And until you can tell if this is really good fruit or rotten fruit, don't touch it. Amen? He goes on. Now, this is Jesus talking to the leaders of the day. You brought up vipers. How can you who are evil say anything good? From, for from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. All right, this just tells us something powerful about evil. What does it tell us about evil? Evil is a condition of the heart. Evil is a condition of the heart, and it's going to come out of your mouth. How many know you can see what you say and recognize if there's some evil in you? Amen? Recognize if, if you need to deal with something evil. Amen? All right. The good man from his good treasure brings forth good. The evil man from his evil brings forth evil. But I tell you, on the day of judgment, we will give a... Okay, listen to this. <laughs> I tell you that on the day of judgment, men will give account of every careless word they speak. I've already repented for tons of them, so hopefully they won't. Anything you repent of won't come up on Judgment Day if you mean it. Amen. Then some of the scholars and Pharisees said to him, Teacher, okay, but anyway, by your words you'll be justified, by your words you'll be condemned. Then the trial scholars and Pharisees answered him, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. Yeshua replied to them, An evil and adulterous generation looks for a sign. Yet no sign shall be given to it except the sign of Jonah the prophet. All right. We need to, we need to, mm, we need to really get serious about people who just go after where there's signs and wonders. And, oh, did you see what happened there? Did you see what happened there? They're not even listening to see if the gospel's preached. They're just impressed by signs and wonders. What does that show about them? There's evil in their heart. He said, it's an evil generation that looks for a sign. How many would say we're probably an evil generation, what's going on in a lot of the church? It doesn't mean there aren't signs and wonders. It means there's an evil generation that puts the signs and wonders ahead of a relationship with Jesus Christ and the power of his word. All right. He says they're adulterous. All right. He goes, for just as Jonah was in the belly of the great fish for three days, three nights, so the Son of Man will be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. The men of Nineveh will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. Behold, something greater than Jonah is here. All right, anyway, we keep on. Um, he goes on. Okay, here we're at it. The queen of the south would rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. For she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, something greater than Solomon is here. Now when an unclean, here we go. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man... Right, this is what happens. So when we renounce these unclean spirits and they come out, they get out of a person, which means what? They live in people, right? When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, it passes through waterless places looking for rest and doesn't find it. So it has to wander around. It can find no rest. I wonder if this waterless place, I mean, hell would be waterless, right? But it could be talking prophetically, it cannot find somebody to get back into where the river 
of life is flowing and it's looking to get back into someone where the river of life is flowing. It can't find any rest. It can't find somewhere to go. So it says, I'll go back home where I came from. And when it comes, it finds that house vacant, swept clean, and put in order. This is a wild one, isn't it? Wouldn't you think that's what they'd want? So the devil, an unclean spirit, when they come out after a season of finding no rest, being tormented, tortured, whatever, whatever waterless means, dry place means, it's allowed to come back and it looks to see if the house that it built is still there, if it's vacant, clean, and put in order. God wants that house torn down. Not the person, but what Satan has built in you has got to be torn down. Amen? That's what we're doing on Tuesday nights. We are tearing down where unclean spirits have dwelt. Amen? We're closing doors. We're taking authority over the strong man. We're tearing it down. You can't hang on to your old junk because the devil's going to come back. And if his house is there, it's vacant. It looks clean. It looks like you got everything together now. But if your house is there, it's coming back in. Amen? It's coming back in. It says, it goes, it goes out and gets seven other spirits more evil than itself. And they all go in and live there. And that man's last condition is worse than the first. It says, that's how it's going to be for this evil generation. Now, there's a really strong thing about deliverance there. Just because you could take a devil out if you sat there and yelled at it long enough in Jesus' name doesn't mean you should. It all, you need to look for somebody who's really repentant, who really wants their life changed, who's going to follow through and get and be made whole, get really delivered. Amen? So this is what we do on Tuesday nights. We don't just get you have altar calls, cast demons out, and that'll make a nice show, good signs and wonders. Probably maybe you could fill the place up. But we actually give you the truth. The truth shall set you free. Amen? And you begin to recognize, okay, I don't want this in my heart. I didn't realize I had that in my heart. I mean, I didn't realize I was judgmental. I didn't realize I was crooked. I didn't realize uh, I was so hurt, hurt and wounding, wounded. Amen? What is God doing? He's going in there and he's destroying what Satan has built in you. I don't even believe he fills it up with the Holy Spirit. I believe he tears down everything Satan has built. And then all you have left is what God is building. And I don't know where it's at. It's in one of my old teachings. I actually found when I really look at this in the Greek, there's a scripture about there's two houses and they actually collide against each other and the stronger house wins. So, so true Christianity is Holy Spirit comes in, amen, and he begins to build in you his house. He begins to build in you his ways and what he's doing. At the same time, he takes you through the process of plundering what the enemy's built in you. Binding up the strong man, plundering that house, tearing it down. Amen? So when the time comes for real deliverance, when the time comes to really get free once and for all, what the enemy has done is so weak compared to where you are in Christ. That it's just a boom. It's over. Amen? And that's why people struggle back and forth because they're not letting what God wants to do in them be built up. And they're still feeding what the enemy's done in them. 
We stop feeding what the enemy's done. Amen. We completely run from it, hate it, bind up the strong man, watch God plunder that house, be in agreement with God plumbering that house. Amen. At the same time, we get strong in the Holy Spirit. We get strong in what God is doing. And then when the showdown comes, amen, it's going to be so easy to be free. Amen. It's going to be easy. Why? Because you now think like God. You believe like God. You trust God. Your faith is in God. Your faith isn't in self-righteousness. Your faith is in God. God's going to do this. I know he's going to do this. I know who he is. I know how good he is. I know how powerful he is. I'm not believing the lies of the enemy. I have no fear that God's not going to do this. Amen? I have no fear. God is greater than what the enemy's done. Amen? And that, that is a Christian process of deliverance that Jesus Christ himself gives right here when he's talking about getting rid of unclean spirits. Amen? So it's not a matter, oh, I went to this two-day meeting and thank God for those, and I had things cast out. Well, isn't that good? But did you tear down that house? Did you go back and say, well, what were the lies that I believed? What was the foundation that was built on? What were the lies? What were the things? I don't believe that anymore. I believe in what God's building. Amen? God's not going to come in and, and redecorate what Satan built. Let me wash the curtains and put some new furniture in here. He's like, no, this is out of here. I'm the builder of this house. Amen? I'm the builder of this house. New construction, bring in the bulldozer. Ring, 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 ring. Amen? Let's build something. Let him be the builder. All right? All right, here we go. So, some people have seven more evil demons in them after becoming believers because they went through deliverance, but they didn't want to be made whole. So we need to understand spiritual law considering deliverance. Amen? We need to quit wanting the five-second deliverance treatment and thinking everything's okay and then wondering why a few years later people are worse. Can I get an amen? It's a real deal. It's a real deal. I've got to think like God thinks. I've got to agree with God. I have to have, what is the only foundation that God can build on? Jesus is the cornerstone. Who Jesus is, what Jesus did, how Jesus loves, how the whole thing works, what the word says. God is not going to build that on top of the lies of the devil. Amen? He's going to build what he's building and whichever gets stronger in you when the day of the great, <laughs> the great fight happens, what has been built stronger in you is what's going to win. If you kept playing around with unclean stuff, playing around with lies, playing around with a bunch of mess, amen, and you haven't torn that down and plundered it, amen, and you've done a little bit of scripture and read the Bible a little bit and heard a little bit of real teaching, that's not going to be very strong, right? And you're going to fall into deception. You got to get this one. All right, look at this next scripture, and then we're probably just going to, we're going to have to, how many can tell this is going to take a little bit to do all these? That's all right. We need to. Amen. I love the word. We need to look at the word. Listen what it says. While Yeshua was still speaking to the crowds. So he's teaching them this. Okay. How many know this is meat to these people who don't even know what he's talking about? But he's still preaching it. He's preaching it. Some will get it. His disciples will get it. When the Holy Spirit comes, then the people of God will get it. While Yeshua was still speaking to the crowds, his mother and brothers were standing outside. 
they wanted to speak to him. Someone said to him, look, your mother and your brothers are outside trying to speak to you. But to the one telling him this, Yeshua responded, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? Stretching out his hand towards his disciples, he said, here is my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven, he is my brother, my sister, and my mother. What is Jesus doing there? You're supposed to honor your mother, your father. Okay, I'm going to tell you what he's doing there. He is breaking entanglements that are trying to stop him from doing the will of the father. They came to get him. They came to stop him. He's causing so much disruption all of a sudden. He just told the leaders of the the. <laughs> the Pharisees, but the leaders of that day be like the main leaders of the church. He just told them off, although it was the temple. Amen. He just told them off. He called them names. He's talking about crazy stuff about demons and stuff in people. He's causing all this trouble. And they're like, we got to go get him. He's gone too far. And he doesn't even, he just keeps preaching and he goes, he, he shows you, I'm going to tell you something. Hmm. For those who do not have some of the people that were in their lives on earth and they don't make it to heaven, you're going to have this understanding. Those in the eyes of God are not my brothers, my parents, my sister, my spouse. But in his family, it's those who does the will of God. And there will be a supernatural grace that that'll be okay. Amen? If you really get to the truth of it, do you want to go to heaven with all the people who want to be rebellious and they don't want God and they don't want to live for God and go through all this mess again? Or do you just know we're going to have to, we're going to have to, we need to be light now. This is the only time you can be light. This is the time you can pray for them. Amen? This is the time you have to shine. But Jesus is showing us there is grace to not be entangled. There is grace not to be manipulated. There is grace not to say, oh, mom, come on, stop. I'll explain it to you later. <sighs> Amen. He was also revealing he's about his father's business. He is a kingdom person. He grew up in that home. And that's his mother. And those are his brothers. And whether they're any of them connected by blood, I don't know. I'm going to say, Mary could have been a surrogate and Holy Spirit put the Son of God in her womb because he's always been, he'll always be. He's looked the same, amen? Or some people believe, he, he, you know, his flesh came from her, whatever. The bottom line was, at that point, the flesh connection meant nothing. He's making it really clear only those who do the will of the Father. Now, that's a pretty big statement. He doesn't say those who say a prayer. He said those who do the will of the Father. That's my family. Amen? So we need to be praying to quit watering down the gospel and praying for our children and our grandchildren and anyone we love or care about that they would begin to do the will of the Father. Lord, I want them doing the will of the Father. I want people who walk through these doors to do the will of the Father, not just fill okay and get goosebumps and wasn't that a nice worship service. Amen? 
Amen? He's serious about who he is. Amen? He's serious about his kingdom. He's serious about us becoming who he wants us to be. Amen? He's serious about setting us free. All right, it's already 9 o'clock. Can you believe it? Did this help anybody? Amen. This will be a good series. We're going to probably go over all these scriptures. By the time we finish, we're going to know how to get free from unclean spirits. We're going to know exactly what they look like. Amen. We're going to know. So, so from what we learned tonight, you can begin to take authority over any, if you still have a strong man. What's a strong man? It's a demonic spirit where you identify. Okay. It's an Mm, this is good too. That's why he connected the part where his mother and brothers are there next. He doesn't identify in the flesh. He identifies with his heavenly father. Amen? And so he's saying, look, you've got to identify with who you are in Christ Jesus. That's your identity. Anything else is a strong man. It's trying to build the house. It's trying to make you identify. It, right now it wants people to identify as a Democrat or Republican as a vax or no vax, as a, uh, a Caucasian or a black. Boy, the enemy's doing everything he can right now to cause us to be divided. He doesn't care what girl guy for this, for that. Satan is like, we got to divide him. 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 This nation will not stand if it's divided. The church won't stand if it's divided. The families can't stand if they're divided. We've got to divide. Amen. And, and God's like, no, my spirit's going to pour out and they're going to be unified. But what happened before the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, you guys? What happened before the first outpouring of the Holy Spirit and God started the church? They all got together in one mind and knew our answer is God intervening from heaven. Amen? They knew all we, we don't know for sure what we're praying for, but Jesus told us we were going to have power. We are going to pray and cry out for power, hang out and see what happens. But we need this outpouring. And we need an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And we need to come together in agreement that that's where our focus should be right now. Amen. And not on all these divisive things. Yes, we need to keep praying for our nation. Yes, we need to be obedient. It's going to be powerful Friday night. Amen? But our focus of everything cannot be the next headline. Amen? We've got to see what is God calling us to as the church. He wants us united. Amen? He wants your families united. Really pray. Where's their division in the family? Where is, where is it part of my thing? I had a little conversation with a couple of the young girls, the preteens, um, and because there was a little divisive thing going on. And we just talked to them. I mean, the Holy Spirit had me crying at something. Crying. Like, look, we got to love each other. You know, we're family. This is how God wants to do this. And, and everybody was just really, it was really sweet. You got to recognize who's really been hurt. How can I not make them more hurt? How can I help them get healed? How can I be part of the answer? You guys, we are getting ready. If we would get our hearts right, if we would, and I'm talking to me mainly tonight, amen, to Focus on what God wants us focusing on and only doing what he's showing us. And, and, and to say, Lord, how can I do this? Show me how to do this. What do you want me to do? Let my heart. Right now, we need to pray and intercede for unity in the body of Christ. Unity in the body of Christ. Unity in the body of Christ. And once unity in the body of Christ begins to come, there's going to be an outpouring of his spirit that's going to change our nation and bring unity to this nation, which will then begin to also go throughout the earth. Amen. We need a full baptism of the Holy Spirit.
full of love and unity, speaking in everyone's languages the gospel, declaring who Jesus Christ is. We can't do it in our own flesh. Amen. We've tried. And we've made, you know, with some, some amount of Holy Spirit and some amount of flesh, we, we've, you know, the kingdom's grown. Amen. But God's about to do something powerful. But he'll only do it when we do it his way, which is why we're studying this. Amen. And why we're going to get free from unclean things. So know this. That unclean spirit has got to go. Remember, it's anything that's impure, that's not of the Holy Spirit or the human spirit. There's only three, three things that happen spiritually. There's the human spirit, which was dead till you got born again, full of demons on its way to hell, eternally damned. Amen? Look just like you, but you're on your way to hell. Then you get born again. Whoosh! Holy Spirit comes in, goes, will these dry bones live? He's like, I'm here taking over the house. Whew, there's life. Now you're on your way to heaven. Now let's up. Now if you work with me, if you yield to me, if you let me do my God thing, I'm going to present you as a beautiful bride before the Lord. You're already an infant. I'm in here. But now. Let's let you be sons and daughters glorifying the Father. Let's get you to a place of intimacy with the Lord that's so powerful and you're so one with God that everybody will know you by your love for one another. Wow. It's not by signs and wonders he's going to win the next generation. He's never won generations like that. It's by they'll know you for your love for one another. No wonder Satan's after that more than anything else. Cause division. Cause division. <laughs> See, one thing is to know the, the schemes of the enemy, and then we can break them. Amen? So we're going to trust God to continue for those who still have any. If you have a strong man, something that tries to make you identify with a sin, something that tries to make you identify with something that hurt you in your past, something that tries to make you identify with anything. Amen? That's a strong man. You've got to bind it. How do you do that? I take authority over this spirit, this unclean spirit that tries to make me angry and bitter, hate my skin color, hate my gender, hate um, how God created me, hate God. I just bind it. I, I, I forbid it for operating. I don't want to have anything else to do with me. I take authority over it. I'm not listening to it. And I'm going to go in and I'm going to pull out every lie and every unclean spirit that came in with it until it's completely gone. And then we're going to destroy that person it made me into. And we're going to become who God's made me to be, who God has always said that I am. And then when that sucker comes back looking with his seven friends, six friends, see, this is what happens. People go through some kind of deliverance, a little bit of healing, do repentance. Then they get in their ministry call because look at their great testimony. And they get a whole platform because they have a great testimony. And it could be the testimony of the hour. Everybody, yay, hurrah, ooh, what a good testimony. Inside, they're still struggling. Inside, they still don't still feel free. Inside, they still don't really agree with who God says about them. And then what happens? When, when they get to that place where everybody's looking to them, that spirit of influence, Satan comes in with those seven friends. And all of a sudden, that person is caught in acts of adultery, 
homosexuality, sexual perversion. You see what I'm saying? It was like, how did that happen? They were so awesome for so long. Yeah, for so long, they were doing the God stuff. But they never, ever really went and destroyed what Satan had built in them. And they still deep down identified with that. That's why when you hear people talk too much about the drugs they used to do or the lifestyle they used to have and their identity is more in all the horrible things they did, there's something wrong with that. There's still a strong man there making them identify. So sometimes the testimony and writing a book about how horrible you are or what you've done is actually a revelation you should have that there's still a strong man in you. He's still trying to get glory. Amen? And we all buy all that, you know. And then there's those who really share their testimony about the whole stories on Jesus, what he's done, how he's done it, how good he is, how wonderful he is. We don't go back and talk about the filth we did. Amen? I don't need to hear the filth you did. I don't need to hear how bad you were to your wife, to your children, or to your husband, or to your parents, or whatever. Amen? Amen? What does the Bible say? The Bible says love doesn't what does it say record it keeps no record of wrongs love keeps some people write whole books about the records of wrongs and want to say it's god that can't be god people it can't be god there's a strong man who hasn't been destroyed and you still identify there i want you to see what a strong man is tonight it's any place that you have identified how many double wants to make sure every person whose ancestry is from Africa. You got to identify as black. You got to identify as black. You ain't black if you don't vote for me. Ooh. And a lot of black people said, we ain't black then, praise God. We're Christians. There's something really wrong if people buy into that. That is a spirit talking directly to a strong man that it knows it still owns in this nation. Because of hurt and bitterness and injustice. So however the strong man got in there, he got in there, amen? And the church needs to deal with destroying that strong man and setting people free. Amen? Not patty-caking it. We weren't nice to you. We weren't nice to you. We need to repent for not being nice to whoever we weren't nice to. Amen? But we need to not help people have a strong man that's going to try to destroy them. I want you all to get that tonight. A strong man is any place that you identify. Now you can see, I mean, okay. You can, like, I'm, so let's just see for me. Okay. I no longer live where Christ lives in me. My identity is in Christ Jesus. I don't identify as the woman who lost her daughter. Okay, and went through trials and all that. that. That's not my sob story, amen? It is my testimony to help other people overcome. Amen? I am female. My husband's very happy about that. He wouldn't have married me otherwise. Amen? But it's not my identity. It is who, who God made me to be. I am Caucasian, mainly from uh, British, like 97%. I think I got less than 2% Polish Jew in me. I thought that was cool. As much as I wanted a little bit of African-American 
They could find none. <laughs> the DNA testing. I'm just telling you. Amen. I'd have a better tan all the time. Amen. You are who you, you, it's okay to not throw away where God placed you, how he decided to do it. Amen. But that's not my identity. Everyone in this room could stand up. And if the foundation of who you are and how God's built a house in you, and it starts with, I belong to Jesus Christ. He is, he's the cornerstone. He's the foundation. His word is greater than anything else anybody says to me. Amen. Do you see how Satan has such strong men? He has strong men who identify as Democrats and strong men and people who defy as Republicans. And, and if you've got that strong man, it doesn't matter what that party's doing and it doesn't matter which party your strong man's in. It's whatever evil the devil wants to use at the time, you won't see it. Amen? And now the devil has people who are identifying with... Um, not even knowing, you know, making up a new gender. Why? Why is he doing that? Because he wants to get a strong man in there. He just wants to get a strong man in there. People strong man is all their drug stuff. I used to, when we used to do ministry before, we used to have a lot of people coming out of drug addiction. And some of them glorified those days so much I knew they weren't free. About every one of them that glorified it went back to it. They thought that was so cool. Amen? So this week, before we get back next week and really keep going after these unclean things, begin to identify if there's any strong men left in, inside of you. Identify if, if it's gone. Identify um, what areas you might need to bust it down more. Amen? Do that in your notebooks. Everybody's is going to be different. How would you know? You know it's something you're still kind of so proud of or whatever. Or, or you hear a buzzword and boy, it gets your attention. Amen? Amen? And just really, really see what that thing is. And begin to tear it down. See, this is how Satan is very divisive. He's divisive. Where, where do people who are, you know, with this whole strongman thing Satan's going to do, what if, what if you're, you know, you're biracial, especially when the world's all trying to divide everybody right now? Where's a biracial person supposed to be in this? Well, the cool thing is if the biracial person is Christian, they're exactly where everybody else in here is. But if they start listening to this and listening to this, it's, almost, it's a lie that says you have to hate half of yourself. You have to hate half of yourself. You have to hate the white self of you. It used to be you have to hate the black self of you. But now the new woke is you got to hate the white self of you. How about you don't hate any of you? How about you know who God's made you to be? How about if you're excited about the parents he chose for you or that God's, you know what I'm saying? We've got to get free. Do you see what I'm saying? See, everything Satan's after with all this media propaganda and mess is to make a strong man inside of generation of people that wasn't even there. Amen? And to make it stronger where people were getting free from it. Amen? 
And so our part is to go and say, I've got to tear this thing down. Amen. I've got to tear this down. So really, use your, open your notebooks this week and go after that strong man because we're getting rid of unclean spirits. We gotta, you might, you might want to draw a little picture and show where the unclean, remember, unclean is not just about sexual sin. It's about anything that's impure. So think of it, that strong man, he's got to have tons of those unclean spirits hanging all over him. Self-hate. You know, pervert, you know, see what I'm saying? So if you can start seeing what he looks like, then you can start plucking those things off and throwing them out, amen, till you just bulldoze down the whole house. Because once you bind up that strong man and then you plunder that house, take it all out, and then he's left with nowhere to hide, and then you cast them out in the name of Jesus. Amen? Father, I thank you. Lord, let people really see this. Let people really see that you are going to set us free. You've already paid for it. Our identity is that we no longer live, but Christ lives in us. That's our identity. Christ in me, the hope of glory. I belong to Christ. I am a citizen of heaven. Lord, I'm an ambassador here to do your will. Whew. Nothing, no weapon formed against me can prosper, God, because I am yours and I am in your will. You open and close doors, not the enemy. Father, let each of these scriptures, these promises become more and more real in our lives and let us see these unclean demons that have tried to attach to us, to hang out inside of us, to try to destroy us in this hour and let us get so excited about being free. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now, if you love this teaching, then you better say you love this teaching then we want you to check out our web at beautyforashes.org. There is so much teaching there and there's a resource uh, library there. And also check out my Facebook page at Cindy Foster Beauty for Ashes Ministry. We'd love you to partner with us and come along for the ride into the apostolic. God bless you.